Stop. Nike. What? Nike, the name of the company is Nike. Hey, uh, a 911, who makes that? <laughs> what, who, who? Porsche. <laughs> Uh, but that was, and I did. What is this Nike nonsense? I, I've always called it Nike. I, I think you can go either way on that one, can't no, you? No, you cannot. No. The goddess of victory. <laughs> the goddess of victory is demonstrably Nike. But I thought the company name you could go either way. No, where, who told you that? This is beers with Hallows. Threats, beers, and bliss. Welcome or welcome back. This is Beers with Talos, episode 119. Today is March 23rd, 2022. I am joined, as always, by Matt and Liz. And joining us today is not JJ. We finally managed to get him out of the studio. And his place is being taken by Nick Biasini today. Nice to see you. So, Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good to see you, too. It has been an interesting week so far. I'm catching up from being gone all week last week. So we're going to go around the table. We'll start today off the same way we start every episode off, uh, get an opening thought from everyone. Uh, and then today we're going to talk about some of our recent blogs and, and give an update on some of the activity that we have seen in Ukraine and some of the things we've been doing there. And that's really why Nick is joining us today. So let's start off like we usually do. Top right today is Liz. It's What's me. on your mind? So I have something that, you know, in general, I am not a corporate champion just of any corporations because it goes against my inner joiner self. But I got home from my first work trip in, in a long time to find a tallow swag box, which was full of clothing made for a woman. And... I'm assuming a lot of our listeners are dudes, and you may not get this, oh, yeah. <laughs> but having worked in the tech industry as long as I have, you have no idea how incredible it is to have, and this is so sad, and I was like, this is great and so sad that I was just mm -hmm. so excited to get like shirts that were specifically made for me, like and leggings and all sorts of other fabulous things that uh, Talos... Wait, you got yeah. leggings? Yeah, the girls yeah. got leggings. And that's the only one I take slight issue with because men wear leggings too. We just call them base layer. Well, that's fine. You can wear all I the other clothes that I you've gotten leggings, for the actually. past like, 30 years, okay? Like, you've got all the t-shirts that fit you now. Like, now that's I've fair. got that's pants fair. and t-shirts thanks to Sammy, who, you know, I think championed a lot of this, and then to the people who said, why, yes, our women should have things that fit them. Yeah. And yeah. sent them out. Small thing, but it made me really happy. I also, like I mentioned, was coming home. I, I took a red eye home from, from our family vacation. Found that box on the porch and that that big comfy throw blanket that was in there. Like I just passed the hell out under that thing for probably a solid ten hours. It was fantastic. So great job to the uh, team. They they knock it out of the park every time. Let's be honest. But this one especially, I think, was a was a great box. And that's a, a great thing about working here. Nick, what is on your mind this week, buddy? Ah, uh, not a whole. First, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a minute. Yes, it has been quite many minutes. Actually, I'm I'm head of outreach now, and I wasn't the last time I was on here. So yes, many. That's fair. Many, yeah, many things have happened in that time. Uh, for me, it's just it's been another crazy week. I mean, more stuff with Ukraine, more stuff with breaches, more stuff, just more stuff, more stuff, more stuff. I just want a break. That's that's all I'm really looking for. A slowdown, a little break in there somewhere. 
Well, I mean, yeah. you almost got a break. Did those tor- did that tornado almost hit you? Oh, on what, what, oh, what day I, was I, that? I totally Monday? forgot about that. Yeah, we we had tornadoes. <laughs> it was interesting. It's it's kind of surreal watching live on TV when a tornado touches down and goes across the interstate in like a couple miles yeah. from your house. It's quite. We had a very yeah. interesting. I'm in Austin, so we had an interesting uh, couple of days with tornadoes. One last thing on that too, and I was like, hope like it was heading towards my cows, and I was like, no, twist your cows. But I was in the hallway with that soft Talos blanket that I lured the cat in to like sit on. I'm like, it's a soft blanket, you'll like this, and she was like, I do. So like we were waiting out the tornadoes, watching the watching the tornado go across 35, both cuddled in the Talos blanket. So. It's a comfy blanket. Do you have cows. I do have cows. Not at my, not at my house. Um, we sold our big ranch, so now we're, well, we've got like twenty bucking bulls that aren't on the ranch, and then uh, the the meat cow ranch. I think there's like fifty or something. Not, it's not huge. Only in Texas, somebody like I, I don't know. I think I have like seventy head of cattle. I, whatever. Yeah, there's you know, it's it's back yeah, down under hundred. I yeah. mean, you know, Matt, how are you? I'm all right. I'm trying to decide. I think we'll talk about YouTube hole. Okay. I fell down a YouTube hole. Like in a very serious way. I think, I think it might be safe to say that I was in kind of a bad place last weekend mentally as I entered the weekend. And we had, we won't go into details, but we had a couple of incidents, both of which resulted in someone deleting tweets that they had put up. So I, I had sort of like rough run in early in the weekend. And then we had sort of, of an upswing when Mitch and I decided that we're going to make Iron Eagle goes to Kiev. Um, I'm working on the treatment which, right now. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's there. It's money. You guys are going to like this. All, all the major plot points are in place. It was, the, it was a very, it was a well-spent hour. It was, I, I almost want to pull up that conversation, but I don't know if I should. We, and it would have to be like very dramatic because the culmination when you realized that it was Iron Eagle Ghost of Kiev in all bold caps in my chat client was pretty Oh, incredible. I gave that an H1 tag. Like that was a big moment. Yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> So after after uh, Mitch was trying to get off to his to his vacation, and so I left Mitch alone. And YouTube was like, "Hey, would you like to watch this video?" And I was like, "What's it about, YouTube?" And YouTube was like, "Oh, I don't know if you like it. It's about Omegle." And I'm like, "Or Omegle, which is another thing that we can just <laughs> negotiate about how we pronounce." So anyway, so YouTube's like, "We have this, you know, we have Omegle, and then there's a musician who goes in and he plays songs and he's nice to people and they react." And I'm like, wow, someone being nice to someone on Omega? Let's, all right, sure, let's see what happens. And it was incredible. The guy was an incredibly talented musician. He, uh, he can, like, uh, listen to a song on the phone and then sit down and play it on the piano with, like, no rehearsal or anything, just immediately knows how to play it. And so the first thing that, if, you, if you're not familiar with, with Omega, let me tell you how it works, and you'll immediately understand why it's a horrible thing. Um, you turn on your camera, and then this system randomly connects you to another person on the internet. With that's it. That's the entirety of the thing. But at one point, the Depends the pianist is, is Marcus. Uh, Marcus somebody said, "So hey, how you doing?" And there's these three girls, and they're like, "We've seen like 20 dicks today," and he's like, "Yeah, I've seen like 35," and I'm like. <laughs> But they also got to meet Marcus, um, and he's like, hey, I'm playing songs for people. And so if this is what Omegle does, you have to understand is when you decide I'm going to get on Omegle, you are clearly not in a good place. Yeah. No person who is having a healthy day, who has gotten their steps in and has drunk lots of water <laughs> and had like a really uplifting conversation with their boss, goes home and gets on Omegle. You wouldn't do that. Nobody does that. So if you're on Omegle, you're already in a shitty place. It's no right. good. And so 
what I watched was a video, and he had like four or five um, encounters with people, and he'd be like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, hey, what's up, blah, blah, blah. He's like, hey, I'm playing songs for people. Like, okay, can you play this? And he plays it, and he's so amazing and so beautiful, and he beatboxes with it, um, and it, it sounds incredible, that they are just all of a sudden super excited. If you can imagine the kind of, like, think for yourself, what kind of mindset would I have to be in where I think the best next step is to randomly connect to a stranger on the internet and have a video of whatever they're doing, you go from that dark place to, hey, I'm having like a personal concert with a world-class musician. I was instantly addicted. I wanted to watch people go from I'm willing to see lots of dicks to I'm getting my own personal pianist. Uh, like I watched two hours that night of just these kinds of videos. And then Sunday, I watched seven more wow. hours. I shut off <laughs> completely Did on Sunday and I laid in the love sack in front of the television and I just was like I'm going to watch this guy and then I found uh, a violinist who did the same thing and then a guitar player that sang and then sometimes they played together and then I found another pianist and like Did you ever see any of the thing- ones where Ben Folds used to I think he used to do it on chat roulette not Omegle but he used to bring yeah, people into his whole concerts. concerts like he'd be on yeah. stage at a concert and like chat roulette someone that would be yeah. amazing. No, I've seen that come up, and I have not watched it. That's risky, um, by the way. I, I want to beat the video producer right? who was like, hey, yeah, let's connect a chat roulette live on stage at the concert. Does everybody have to sign a waiver when they go on the, in the, like in the thing? Look, we're going to have to we're gonna take six or seven takes of this, but you're probably going to see a dick or two. Like, or six have to be okay by the seventh it. take. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You'll see N minus one dicks. Like, so... What I'm saying is, if you need a little, if you're if you're feeling like a little down, and you want to see people just suddenly be happy when they're also down, go onto YouTube, do like Marcus Omegle, and like it'll immediately come up, and watch some. There are zero dicks in the YouTube videos. Like he, he edits all that out. What type of keywords do you search for? Do you do like from penis to pianist, or how does that how does that work? <laughs> there we go. See, Liz, that's what I'm talking about. That was good. There we go. So we we were going to talk about some of our blog posts that we had come out this week. I think a lot of you guys have listening have already read most of those about Caddy Wiper and Black Cat. We did have one come out on uh, some new metaverse topics and security, uh, cybersecurity concerns in metaverse, not meta, metaverse. But uh, there was more that has happened this week, like that we were just talking about. Uh, Caddy Wiper and Black Cat seem to be of probably the, the greatest importance, especially as we're looking at things that are still going on over in Europe and over in Ukraine. So Black Hat's another yeah. ransomware cartel. The blog that Tiago put together kind of outlines some of the connections that we found between some of the affiliates that were working for Black Matter and now are working for Black Cat or Alpha V, whatever name they're going by today. Uh, it's another ransomware really goes into the TTPs and how these groups operate. And for me, especially for defenders, that's where the meat on the bone is, right? That's what you really want is to see how these actors are moving through your infrastructure. What commands are they running? How are they laterally moving? All that type of stuff and all that detail is presented in the blog in a pretty, pretty succinct way. And yeah. just to remind folks, like Black Matter, a.k.a. Dark Side, is the group that is primarily thought to be responsible for the Colonial Pipeline attack last year, as well as various other attacks throughout uh, the last several years. Yeah, and there's definitely some interesting things about Black Cat just as an organization. Um, one is that they are, you know, they're programming in Rust, um, which is something that is 
a lot of AVs. Apparently, you know, things can get through there because they're not that as familiar with it. So they have that. Uh, they're politically neutral. So we also have that thing coming on, which is very different than, say, Comte, right? So, but they're really taking a stand about it. They're just like, no, we're, we're not going to do this. And they're, they have, like, very set, like, objectives and goals for the organization, which, you know, as these, like, ransomware as a service continue to grow, like, I'm just fascinated by the corporate structure and, like, what they're doing and, like, how they're trying to grow their verticals. And, like, it's like they're having marketing meetings just like we are. It's crazy. They're actually, like, working as a, as a real business as a, you know, there's, there, there's a customer service department and there's a, there's a marketing team and there's an affiliate, you know, channel sales team. Like, it's, it's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, and one of the other things that they've threatened to do, and I was asking around to see if anybody's actually seen it happen. So in addition to, you know, wiping everything, encrypting everything and stealing your stuff and publishing it, they'll, they also will DDoS you. Like, so that's also, and we, we, we talked about this months ago. Like, somebody said they were going to start doing it, and we haven't seen it happening. Another one that we were looking at, that we had a, a post that went up on the uh, 15th, so about a week ago. ESET had disclosed that they had discovered another wiper in the vein of Hermetic Wiper and Whispergate that we've seen in Ukraine called Caddy Wiper. And it's, an, it's another wiper in the region. We've seen this is the third or fourth, and we just saw another one pop up yesterday. Double zero is, is yet another one. It's a lot of wiping activity. Right. UA yep. cert just released yep. that. Yeah. One thing that we've been talking about is the, the depth with which they're taking different approaches to wipe every time they're, these wipers are coming out. So some of them are using drivers. Other ones are zeroing out files. They're like pivoting in the ways that they're wiping files every time there's another wiper being dropped. I mean, is that indicative of just an evolving actor or just the number of actors who are involved in this and different groups that are using different TTPs? It could also be them just trying to evade any type of detection. So if you build detection for one technique, the next time you use a different technique. So if you built the detection, it won't work as well. There's a lot of possibilities there. It's like the world's crappiest drinking game. We've been going with a, a strong focus in Ukraine for... You know, I think this is like you know week six, week eight, week twelve of this being like P one, all hands on deck kind of a thing. What else has been going on right now? I mean, obviously the team is fatigued. Uh, people are you know fatigued on all this, and like we're just the ones trying to handle some of the cyber elements here. I mean, not even actually living or operating in in some kind of war zone. And the humanitarian crisis aside, what has been going on these last few weeks as we've uh, seen things kind of start to evolve? Are there additional concerns of large scale attacks from the you know the adversary that is operating in that area? And, and where do we stand with that? Like, we've talked a lot in the lead up to these events about the concern of a, a widespread use of, of cyber weapons and cyber warfare. Uh, we've seen a lot of wipers. We've seen a lot of um, volunteer activity volleying both ways. Uh, but where are we at right now in terms of the cyber component of, of this conflict? So I was talking to, to our PR crew about this today, and... You know, you'd love to be like, let me tell you this super exciting story about Ukraine, but that's not necessarily what we're seeing. Um, we're seeing this kind of sustained campaign of lots of little pivots, sort of like uh, what Nick was describing in terms of the differences. 
in um, the Wiper Malware, we also see different backdoors, um, different families. Um, some of them are commercial. Some of them are malicious, like only malicious. Like some of them, you know, we, we see just constant stream of all different kinds of things, constantly just throwing everything against the wall, trying to get it to stick. So if there's a story to be told, I, I guess there's a couple. One is this kind of resiliency that we're seeing from Ukraine, where they've spent the past few years hardening um, not just their their defenses, because because even the best defenses will fail at some point, but also in improving their response and coordination. Most of what we've we've seen has been blocking either um, during kind of lateral movement stage. Um, or as as the preliminary pieces are dropped, like we're 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 hitting stuff early. So like one of the questions we were asked was, well, what's the intent? And, and we don't know. Like we have our we have our suspicions that it's not nice, um, but we are catching stuff and, and eliminating it early enough in the in the chain that that they haven't had a chance to move to execution yet to to, to reach their ultimate you know action on objective target. That's kind of one piece that I think is is interesting. The other is just we're going on like day 45 of straight work days for some of us, uh, particularly folks like JJ and, and some of the other folks that are doing the, the technical work. The story is just like a lot of hard work, like a lot of not necessarily like super long hours because, you know, we went through the phase of a couple, three weeks of building our response. Um, and that was long hours kind of getting things set up. But where we are now is just it's definitely three hours or so a day. Doesn't matter what day it is. In addition to whatever else you're doing, is spent like checking in. If it's everything okay? Oh, there's this weird thing. Now we got to handle it. So like a lot of times when you check in, everything's okay. So it's like 15 minutes check in, and then you move on with your life. But like sometimes you're like, why? Why did this PowerShell drop? And is it bad? And or is this part? And so now we have to, you know, pull these pieces, and then we get hold of, you know, then we pass it to Ashley, who's kind of like running. The whole shop is kind of like the, the sort of like the sock manager almost, and and then she reaches out to um, either one of our folks in Ukraine or one of her one of our partners in Ukraine, um, and says, "Hey, we saw this activity. Is this expected? Um, and if if so, then we're like, cool, we'll mark it as, as okay. But if not, then we, we start down that that full response phase. We don't right now, so it's what it's, it's March twenty third. We have no idea how long this is going to go for. Yeah. So we'll continue to. To try to cycle people on and off, encourage people to take breaks, etc. Having to work a lot is much better than being in Ukraine mm-hmm. right now. So I'll, I'll take that exchange. But yeah, I think everybody continues to be in a position where they're happy to help and they're excited to help. We've got a routine now and a cadence so that it's not as onerous as it was at the beginning. People are getting better breaks. But that's the other story is, is this is probably going to be another few months. This story isn't just a Cisco story. I'm sure there's lots of people who are in this position. So, Matt, do you have any insight or commentary on, you know, what Biden put out about the, you know, the threat to our national, you know, the American side of things of critical infrastructure as a result of this? The U.S. government scared. Like, there, there's no different way to put it. And, and let me explain what I mean by that. It's not like they're in fear, but like they understand the possible futures that we have in front of us. They understand that to some extent they'll be held accountable for bad things that happen on U.S. soil. 
even though to a large extent, um, the entirety of the defense of critical infrastructure is laid at the feet of private sector, right? Because they run those pieces. And certainly the critical infrastructure providers, the responsible agencies do their part in terms of providing directives and intelligence, et cetera. But ultimately it comes down to how well-funded is security at this gas plant. And if you are looking at an adversary who doesn't care about which gas plant, they just have to find a gas plant, well, then you're in like a whole lot worse condition. It's not the same as like an espionage ask where you're like, I want you to go find this specific piece of information. Um, and maybe I want you to go and cause problems in this sector. And that's a, that's a, broad, that's a broad directive. And there's a lot of things that could potentially be... But we've seen things... Um, they kind of indicate, they kind of back the concern that the U.S. government has expressed. If you haven't dealt with the U.S. government, you might be missing, like, when I say they're scared, what I, I mean, I mean, like, this is, they've always talked about, hey, we don't want this to happen, and, you know, you had to put these controls in place. Now they're seeing, like, a very near-term threat they may be seeing intelligence that kind of leads them to be more concerned. Like they have signals intelligence as opposed to like just situational awareness where you're like, you know, Russia could do this, which is kind of where we are. Um, but they may have additional intelligence. Um, and that that is different what it's been at any point in our professional careers. In our professional careers, it's always been like, hey, you got to watch out. Russia may come get you. Uh, you don't want Russia to get you. Uh, and it was always sort of like in this, um, you would hear stories or you were aware that different organizations had been hit or, you know, they're always out there or you read a story in the Times about, you know, Russian actors did this, that or the other. It was never with the, here is, here is the Tom Clancy novel about why this is going to happen. And one of the few outcomes that makes sense is Russia does the following in cyberspace. That's kind of where we are. And, and the way they're communicating, the pace at which they're communicating, the pace at which they're declassifying information, the number of different calls that we've been on, there has never been this level of concern in my professional career that I'm aware of ever. So that is what we see. And I don't know how to translate that for people who don't deal with, with these government people routinely. And so that's my thought is... Yeah, they always warn you, hey, don't run across the street without looking. It's just a bad idea. But now, like, the street's full of cars going back and forth. And they're like, no, seriously, like, we're really very serious right now. It would be a real bad time to run across the street. Uh, and that's kind of what the difference between the messages this year versus last year. The thing we told you about, Liz, from your perspective, uh, let me kind of turn your question back around on you. Uh, oh, how you dare you? Have <laughs> <laughs> First of all, how dare you? The position that you sit in is managing the practice for, for incident response. Certainly, our customers in that arena have their own concerns about this. How are we handling that and how are we helping them to deal with those concerns at this point in time? And by that, I guess I'm really asking what can everybody who's listening also do at this point in time? I mean, for one, obviously, is stay situationally aware. This is not the time to put your head in the sand. And uh, and maybe, yes, you need breaks to go watch Omegle videos. But um, definitely pay attention to what's going on. Keep an eye on those directives, like Matt said, that are coming in from CISA. They're not bullshit. Like, they actually have good information in there. What we're doing to help our customers is really to keep them informed, right? To make sure that when we see things that are upticking, that will affect them directly. 
directly that we are making sure that they are being made aware of it. Nick, from your perspective, uh, your team is is working on kind of watching what we see coming down the wire and letting our customers and, and the public at large know about what we find. How would you classify what we're seeing right now and, and what we should do going forward? I, I think Matt said it best when he was talking about, you know, they always say that you need to be prepared in case something happens. This is the something that they've been talking about for years and years and years. This is the thing that you have to be ready for because there's an actual event that facilitates them doing things they normally wouldn't do. So all the prep, all the stuff that you've been saying you need to do, this is when you actually need to apply and make sure that it's actually in place and ready to go as opposed to just being like, hey, I should probably start doing something. And that's the challenging part for, you know, for us, but also for CISA and for the FBI and for all the other organizations is they'll say, you know, hey, this is this is a real concern. And then your natural instinct is to be like, well, what should I do if I were CISA? What I would want to say to you is do all of the shit we've been telling you to do and that we know you haven't done collectively because we keep seeing things happen with random ass ransomware operators knocking off gas on the East Coast. So that's kind of like the, 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 the overwash that they're kind of having. It's like, look, I know some of you guys really have your shit together and like, like we're running a super tight ship. And for you, I don't know that I have any additional things for you to do other than just maintain a very high index of suspicion. And I know that's hard to do operationally, but this is the world that we live in, not the world we want to live in. We also know that there are some of you who don't have your shit together. And we're not going to call you out, but you're who we're talking to. You know you don't have your shit together. Like, that's, I mean, I don't know how to break it down in any different way because there's nothing about what we've seen in this conflict that is dramatically different this is, uh, you know, not the not the time to be thinking about like whether or not you should. Now is absolutely the time to act to to harden your defenses and do all the things that you know, y'all know you should be doing, uh, but maybe haven't gotten around to yet. But I, I want to go back around uh, and get a closing thought and parting shot from everybody. Would usually do that in the same order that we started in. So Liz, you are still top right, and that means your parting shot or closing thought is first. So this is like Matt finding his his YouTube hole. Um, I found an, an actual use for social media this weekend when I saw a live auction take place on Instagram and it was an oddities auction. So I watched so what do you own? I, 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 I did, did not buy? buy anything because eventually uh, the host um, imbibed too much and the camera started shaking and I, I started getting <laughs> sick. But I saw amazing things purchased like a monkey's paw, an actual legit monkey's paw. Who the shit would buy that? Who? But this, listen, ninth grade English exists for a reason. Don't buy a goddamn monkey's paw. Yep, $1,000. Someone paid $1,000 to curse their house. I was wow. like, that is amazing. And they also had, I mean, all sorts of taxidermy delights. There was a, delights. a, a small alligator that was made to look like a pirate. And there were little frogs that were in a band. And they were apparently rare frogs that got taxidermied. I don't I don't know. It was a thing that I stumbled into, and it was the most brilliant thing I've ever seen on Instagram. And hopefully, that never gets shut down, and I can continue to watch people just throw their money away on taxidermied frogs. You, you know, 
Thousand bucks for a monkey's paw. Uncommon objects. Thousand bucks for a monkey's paw. Uncommon objects in Austin does like a monthly garage sale where they have all kinds of weird shit that you can go check out and buy as well. They do. Um, I actually went to an oddities fair up at the Vampire at the Glass Coffin. There's a vampire store in Austin. There will be a larger oddities affair coming in June. So um, I'm sure I will purchase more random things. No monkey's paws, though. That's stupid. Like, why would you buy that? Nah, I'm not bringing that into my house. Well, I mean, because if you had the monkey's paw and you said you weren't going to bring it into your house and then you did, you would suddenly find out it's not your house or some shit like that. Like, that's just the way it goes. Nick, closing thought, farting shot. How you doing? I'm doing all right. <laughs> Actually, I'd like to talk a little bit about lapsus and, and the activity that's been going on around insider threat and buying access and all this other stuff. Because it, it's something that has been around for a really, really long time. And now suddenly everybody is shocked to hear that people can buy access into organizations. Lapsus <laughs> is another espionage group slash, I don't think they're a ransomware group. I haven't seen any ransomware activity. They're largely just around stealing data that I've seen so far. But yeah, they're, they're getting access into organizations and reportedly have been doing it largely by buying, just buying the access that already exists. This is why we're so concerned about Redline and all the stealers and all the info stealers and all the stuff that's out there gathering credentials and cookies and all that stuff because all those creds are available for sale. Groups like this can take advantage of it and make a lot of hay for not a lot of money. People will sell that firsthand. Like We talked about that a while ago on the podcast where like there are services out there that people are like, hey, give us your uh, corporate password and we'll pay you 50 bucks a month. We're doing market research. I remember sitting in presentations five years ago where they were showing screenshots from various forums on the dark web before they got shut down and marketplaces where people are like, hey, I work at a Fortune 100 bank. I, you can buy my access, contact me for details. And just page after page after page of stuff like that. And this was like five, six years ago. Matt, are you, are you watching YouTube again? <laughs> no, but we're going to talk about YouTube. So the other, well, this is, I used YouTube as a tool this time. It was actually my Sirius XM radio that gave me this gift. There's this song that was playing on the radio about a record player. And about how it was made in 19 or 2014 and how this, yes. how this girl dyed her hair green or blue and it turned to CC sort of green. Like, it is an amazing song. Um, and so I'm listening to this song. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a hook. It's a, bit, it's a bad yeah, it hook. Is. And so um, I'm listening to this song and it's, and it's by Daisy the Great and it's a collab with this group that I'm not familiar with called AJR. And every, you know, the, there's this, there's this, um, the, the, the kind of the shtick for, uh, Daisy the Great is that it's kind of a, an indie rock band where the lead singer is two women, um, for every one of their songs and they're amazing. And so I'm listening to this, this, them singing, like, this is awesome. And then some asshole guy starts singing. I'm like, shut up. I was listening to the girls sing. What are you doing? And then the girls come back and I'm happy. And then the guy comes back and I'm yelling at him again. And so I come to find out that this isn't how the song was written. It was originally just the girls singing and they got signed to the same record label. And AJR was like, hey, we like your hook. Let's make a record together. And then we'll use your hook. And then for no reason at all, we'll come in and sing lyrics that don't make any sense for your song. And then we'll have a song. So I don't know whether to be mad at AJR because if they hadn't done that, I probably wouldn't have heard them at all and I've gone back through all of um, Daisy the Great's song and, and there I've never I've never gone back to look at a band who's like every song was awesome yeah 
Uh, like there's, there's, they're all bangers. Uh, and so, um, super happy about that. So if you get a chance, check out Daisy the Great. They're fantastic. Make sure you, you go beyond, um, uh, the record player song and, uh, check out, uh, their other work. Cause it's all good. I would like to thank you for falling down that particular hole because up until you said something about that. I thought AJR had something to do with the Jonas Brothers, and it turns out it's just three completely unrelated asshat brothers that are not in any way Jonas's. Like, that was... Okay. I didn't know that. I thought yeah, was, I don't know who these dudes are. Yeah, I thought the J was for Jonas. Like, I don't know. I've, I've seen that, like, on playlists, like, the, the house playlists, like, on the uh, Xbox and everything on Spotify. Uh, AJR will come up every now and again and I, I legitimately thought that was the Jonas Brothers I had no idea like that was, maybe it's Hanson I'm not sure they rebranded like ransomware <laughs> games do when the brand goes bad no we're Black Cat now it's cool uh, I, I want to thank everybody for joining us today and sticking around for a while I want to thank Liz and Matt and Nick for providing some fantastic content and I want to thank John for uh, editing this and making something listenable out of it And until next time, uh, we hope you stay safe, stay secure, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. 